So last week, uh, as a community, we looked at the prickly and sensitive subject of giving as a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to remind us again of the fact that these aren't Kevin's crazy thoughts on what you should spend your money on, but uh, they're rooted deeper than that. So if you've got a Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. So it's important. Paul thinks you should take note. And perhaps if you've got a highlighter pen or a biro that you can circle bits, I certainly have. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So if you've ever seen that happen, that's not good. If you are reluctant to dip your hand in your pocket or you feel compelled to because of something else, then it's not between you and the Spirit, which it should be. Uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Everyone say abundantly. abundantly. Everyone, um, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, that's quite pervasive, isn't it? There's not much excluded from that. Uh, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seeds and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's God. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Everyone say every. Every. Every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in the thanksgiving to God because the money was to be passed to Paul and then he was going to pass it on to all the people that need it. And then lots of people are going to thank God for their giving. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. When you give, there is an element of praise to it. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. If you're confessing Christ, then part of that confession is giving. Um, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And just in case you think, well, okay, I'll let God have a little bit of my wealth. Paul uh, kicks you in the stomach right at the end. He goes, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, as if you could ever outgive God, as if somehow anything that we could give would approach the generosity uh, God demonstrated through giving his son. Do you understand that? Yeah. Is that all right? So hopefully we've, we've sort of seen that bit of text and, 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 and we've, we've sort of got our heads starting to get around the subject. So we looked at this um, a lot last week and we looked at the fact that God encourages uh, people to be generous. He loves to be generous himself and he expects the family likeness to be continued with other people. And it's not just with your time and energy, though those are good things to be generous with. 
God here is talking specifically about your hard-earned wealth. That number, whether big or small, that's in your bank account or those, net, those notes stored under your mattress at home, whichever way you store your money. We heard that God promises to respond to our generosity with his generosity. And let me tell you, uh, his generosity is quite big. And by far the best bit was not me going through 2 Corinthians chapter 9, but it was the finale at the end when Tim came up and gave his testimony. And he talked about the struggles him and his wife had early on at being in Bible college and how even though the income was low, they, um, they had a value that they needed to continue giving. And uh, they kept giving even when things got really tough. And then he was able to say at the end of it, you know what, God has um, honoured that giving and that now they are not in those financial straits that they were uh, then. And uh, Tim testified to God loves a cheerful giver and he will respond in generosity uh, when you do that. And uh, that was by far my favourite bit of uh, last week's meeting. On a more precise note, just in case you're hoping for some wriggle room or for some other opportunity of doing something else, we looked at how the Apostle Paul said that believers should give and that they give not because the adverts they see on TV, you know, the sad donkey sanctuaries or the very energetic, charismatic speakers on God TV. He says, you don't do it under the conviction of sin or guilt or anything else, but you do so uh, in your heart. And that's where the Holy Spirit resides. And the Holy Spirit talks to you and says how much you should give. It's not a one-size-fits-all. We all are, uh, have different opportunities to give. And when you start wondering, oh, I think the Holy Spirit wants, to give, wants me to give a pound a week or something very small and will make no difference uh, to your life at all, then Tim mentioned this and the Old Testament mentions it and Christians have mentioned it for 2,000 years afterwards, a figure of 10% of your income is seen as a good uh, ballpark figure to look at, to give towards. Now, we realize it's very difficult. If you go from 0 to 10%, all in one go, it can be a hardship. If this has never entered your mind before and you've assumed that church has sort of uh, got a grant from the government and that you're a little bit surprised that you'll have to give to it, then um, we just say, start giving what you can and then uh, see where it goes. Uh, but 10% is something that uh, many Christians here feel compelled that that is a good figure to look at. Apparently, this giving that we all get up to is done really well if it's coordinated by the local church. We take our money and we give it to the local church and then the local church prayerfully designates that money to uh, uh, worthwhile causes. Uh, in particular, um, and we looked at this last week, in particular, we are thinking of uh, sort of 
Christian leaders who spend so much time working uh, for God, for preaching, for studying, that they don't have an opportunity to work down W.H. Smith's five times, a, uh, five times a week, and that we give to them, and also to the poor and struggling and to the needy. And, and so that's primarily where the money should go that, that comes into the local church. And so this is like a quick recap um, just so that you're caught up to speed because we've had to divide the sermon in two because what Tim had to say was so good and so long we thought we'd uh, do this differently. Okay, so here is some... Uh, so I get sent some very complicated figures and you're kind of trying to sort of simplify them and marshal them into something uh, easy for you to sort of take in. Excellent. So this is a rough guide of what we did with the annual income we got. Now, last week I said there are seven direct debits, and that gives us around um, £19,000. We get an extra £4,000 from gift aid from that, and then there's a little bit, just under 20%, of £4,000 that comes from cash. So by far, and the, uh, uh, by far, is those seven direct debits which support this church. And you will notice that the figures I've just given you verbally don't total £30,000. We got in less than we spent last year. We are, let me make this very clear, because some people, it seems, are under a delusion. We are totally self-sufficient. At no point have we been funded or supported by anyone else apart from the people that come on a Sunday morning. Elim don't give us any money. Uh, Elim Trinity don't give us any money. The government doesn't give us money. We are completely and totally self-supported. There's no bursaries and uh, uh, no uh, different things like that. At the moment, and I am dead thankful this, the largest component in this section, can you see? What's the largest component? Giving. I am really relieved that that is still our largest part. We give away more money than any other category um, that we do with our finances. And I think that is a, a biblical model. Um, and I would certainly like to give away much higher percentage of our income than that. So last year, we gave away uh, £15,000 to charities. We gave to Lighthouse. We gave to Christians Against Poverty. We gave to Haiti, the orphans there, the uh, mango tree orphanage that's detailed at the back. We gave to uh, Gordon and Sybil McKillop, who run an incredible centre in Zambia um, that sort of do everything from help people to farm to do sort of children's clubs and Bible schools. Um, and we give to Macedonia. And we had the uh, Ian and Katie Moore visit up last year. Um, and they're now out trying to sort of reach the people of Macedonia. And we are help supporting them. And we've also give to Elim, which uh, means that they can coordinate all the different churches. They launch national uh, initiatives uh, they have sort of missions all around the world. And so we give to these uh, six different categories and we gave 
uh, what was it, 15,000 pounds, which is really good. And, and so I, I think that's a, um, uh, an, an incredible thing for a church to do, for the largest component of their finances to just be giving it away. Now, it's embarrassing, and one of the reasons I don't like talking about this, uh, but I am the next largest component. Yay, we give a lot of money away, but I am the next largest component. So that big kind of red bit at the bottom is Kevin, which is a shame. So um, we have um, £11,000 that goes towards my wages to taxes and pensions and goodness knows what other costs that come with having uh, sort of personnel enrolled. Theoretically, this is kind of for two days a week. Um, and if you wonder what I deal with, um, some of you may think I just put my feet up and just sort of meditate to YouTube worship um, for a couple of days. So I, I deal with Elim HQ, so it's a national body that are constantly asking for all sorts of facts and figures from us. I deal with this school and relate to it and, and, and try and keep them sweet and, and deal with the rent there. I deal with the other pastors and churches in Crawley and then the other local Elim pastors around. So in Southwater, in Worthing, in Brighton. Um, I deal with them, uh, sort of uh, look out to uh, do most of the purchasing, uh, deal with all the public inquiries that come through uh, the, the website, deal with pastoral work, whether it's sort of anything from sort of counselling to whatever else comes up, uh, church discipline, uh, do all the sermons. Um, since our sort of uh, money's been stretched, you will find a lot less guest speakers because it's um, a, a harder thing for us to look out for. Um, we look out for sort of Bible courses, um, and we run our Saturday morning football outreach, which um, is less of a hardship than perhaps some of the other things. And uh, we deal with the leaders' meeting. So we have a leaders' meeting every month, poor guys, the other leaders, and um, I sort of uh, take them through their paces as we look to challenge and move on with this church rather than just stay where we are. So by giving this red section to me, um, it also means my family supported. This is not just Kevin's pocket money so that I can go down William Hill and, and put it on the next England game. Uh, this means uh, that me and my family are supported and it means that my wife can get involved too because it's, it's, she's freed up. So she meets and ministers and has coffee with people during the day. She leads the other home group. She has a discipleship class. And she takes the Sunday school most weeks. Okay, most weeks Sam is out there and she's had to do all the prep. Um, and um, it's been really good. And so she's the wisest counsellor I know. And I'm really glad that she, she may not be uh, technically on staff. But the money that... Uh, I get for my family means that uh, as a family we can do a little bit more, which is really good. My, um, I get just under £10,000 sort of uh, paid in, and um, that's not enough to run a family. I don't know if you run a family, but £10,000 isn't enough uh, to run my family. Perhaps our expectations of uh, broadband speed are too high, um, and the fact that we don't live a tent in Buckingham Park. Um, but, but there we go. So I don't, so it's not enough to support my family, so I supplement this with as much as possible. So I work four days a week, I work 30 hours a week um, at the airport, and that means that 
I can take as little as possible from the church coffers so that we have more to do elsewhere with it. Um, this was never supposed to be uh, Kevin's um, career path. You know, th this is not why we set it up. It was a case of we wanted Christians to come together and, 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 and to be able to do good and to bring the kingdom of God to lots of other people's lives. It was not to line my pocket and make sure I could get a nice uh, semi-detached house in Surrey. So um, I work at the airport to help with that. Um, and it's previously, not, not been currently, but previously we've had a, a greater income and I could have drawn more from it and uh, in, indeed our treasurer sort of said I, sh um, I could be claiming for a lot more things that I don't, that other pastors do without even uh, um, blinking an eye. Um, but I don't because it's a case of we want to give away as much as possible. It's uh, a, a value we have. Um, and, and that sounds... And so when we ask you to give, it seems to me more biblical and more exciting that when you give, you don't give to just keep a building going and you don't give to just pay the rates and you don't just give to uh, give me a pay rise, but you give and it will be translated into giving towards Lighthouse and towards giving towards CAP. It would give towards the orphans and everyone else. So it's a case of when you give, you are being generous to lots of different agencies that we think are really important. It's not because the church is going to go under and we're not going to be able to pay our electricity rates and whatever else. And so that seems uh, a good thing to me. And so when I say give today, it is... We are not managing to give out to other people, to the poor, as much as we think uh, it is important to do. It is not because poor Kevin's not going to be able to pay his mortgage. The third biggest element, and I really like this, so down at number three, we have rent. So we pay a tiny amount of rent here, a tiny amount of rent for the garage where we keep all our stuff, and... Uh, for a prayer room. That is a tiny amount of our annual income. That is absolutely amazing. I don't know about your private finances, but my mortgage is a lot more than that tiny amount um, as a proportion of all the uh, incoming and outgoings. So we're doing really well with keeping those uh, that rent bill down. On top of that, there is about £2,000 worth of ministry costs. Um, I'm not quite sure why these were all put together, but basically, this, the next section, which is the green section, um, this includes giving money to visiting speakers, giving, uh, getting books, whether it's for the church, for other people, or for me, for my little library. Uh, we give gifts to people like sort of Kathy and Ruth at Christmas, and to other people at other times, we have to pay for DBS checks. Um, there is this CCLI license, so all the songs we sing, we have to sort of fill out forms and, and pay money so that the, uh, the artists are supported. We are part of the Evangelical Alliance, 
Um, that means that uh, if you want your child, um, if they come here and they want to go to a nearby Christian school, we paid for that so that uh, we are officially recognised by them. And we did have our uh, direction subscription, which is the sort of magazine that uh, normally costs uh, you money, but, but we give it to you for free. Fifthly, there are lots of other, head, other overheads. So we pay... Um, the treasurer's salary, that will be the last thing that will go. That is the most terrifying thing, is for me to end up having to do our accounts. And so we give a tiny bit of money to someone that just goes through our down accounts and is methodical. Uh, she prays for us. She gives me little headlines because I get sort of a little bit confused by all the figures that come on. She gives encouraging sort of, uh, um, sort of emails during the week and she just lays it all on the plate so that we can do it well. And, and so we give her a bit of money for her faithfulness. Um, we'd like to give her a lot more. Um, but uh, So we give to that. Um, we pay for church and public liability insurance. So when uh, my kids fall off their bike into uh, the, the Bentley that's parked outside, and then the Bentley rolls off a cliff and kills a couple of people, we'll be covered for that up to a certain amount of money. And we pay for stationery. So all the printing, all the colouring in, everything that goes on, um, we, we, we pay for that for it as well. And, and uh, so that's the sort of the fig, fifth biggest thing. Uh, next is refreshments. If you've ever had a tea and coffee, surprise, surprise, we have to pay for that. Um, and so that comes, so if you've ever had your fruit or our biscuits or a tea or a coffee, that is part of our costs as well. Um, and these are just over sort of uh, 1,500 people. We spend, um, and th this is a bit sad and it's small and, and we're going to work out how to do this better. We spend around uh, 1,500 on evangelistic activities, so things like barbecues and outreaches and literature. Um, we spend about half of that was on messy church. Um, where the idea is that other people find it very easy to come into this place because it is not that strict uh, 45 minutes of singing and 45 minutes of preaching, but it is uh, time and space to enjoy family, to do arts and crafts, to listen to a simple message of the gospel and to do things differently. And, and you'll remember at the end of last year uh, that that was often the the thing that people really appreciated most was Messy Church and the development and excitement that that has brought. So um, we spend uh, sort of 700 quid roughly on Messy Church, um, and that wasn't a full year, I don't think. Um, it'd be really easy just to eliminate Messy Church. It wouldn't, it wouldn't free up enough money, but it would be a very easy thing to sort of cut out. But we'd like to prolong it as much as possible because we know people enjoy it, and it, it's good for the kids, for them to be with us. Uh, on a Sunday morning rather than just sort of pushed out the door. Um, we've bought equipment. Um, I hate doing this. We've bought a heater of different types of sizes and this, that and the other, and uh, we're not quite got it right, uh, but um, we've sort of worked with that. Uh, we bought the uh, video screen, this lovely thing here. Um, we've bought mics, and uh, we bought an urn in the last year. So that's gone there. Um, and our leaders' meetings are often struggles between this is the money we have, this is the thing that we want to buy, um, but we also don't want to give less because we've spent more on something else. 
So it, it's fascinating when the, when the sort of leaders get together and we sort of weigh up the different purchasing things. Um, really sadly, we spend a few hundred on auditing costs and bank charges. You know, your own bank account uh, is free, and that, that's really good, but apparently church bank accounts aren't like that, um, and we have to sort of pay for a bit there. Um, and we spend around 500 quid on the children's work. Again, it's a little bit sad that that is the last category, the smallest amount. It, the category is uh, kids, and um, there is a really good online resource that we use, which are videos and activities and games and colouring in sheets. And uh, we had an introductory offer, which kept it really low, but that's not going to be the same this year. And so uh, we'd really, likely, really like to continue that. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's something that, that we'd like to go on with. So we don't want Sunday school to be boring or dry or too difficult for the teachers. Okay. So if you remember that pie chart, I think it's a fairly healthy pie chart uh, with regard to percentages. I think it's good that we give a large proportion away to other charities, to other good causes, to the poor and the needy. I think it is something that sort of falls in line with scripture and it's responsible and compassionate. And I think the sort of the, the church leaders, when we sit down, I think we've done a fairly good job of divvying up our money. Um, however, last year, or last financial year, we as a church spent around £30,000. And our income from those seven direct debits um, and a little bit of cash in the tin at the back was 27000 So we ran at a deficit. We had a bit of a healthy buffer. Um, I don't like talking about it, so I've kind of avoided it and put it off uh, and, until the sort of new financial year where we can get a, a full picture. Um, and we've kind of survived off one-off off one -off donations and, and people giving in. The most recent lifesaver, which is, uh, uh, was a real blessing, was that uh, someone uh, gave us uh, 80 quid cash so that we could go and buy the meat for the barbecue for the uh, sort of Resurrection Sunday outreach. We may not have been able to do anything if that money hadn't gone in. So that, that was a real blessing. Uh, the Charity Commission has an opinion on how much money charities should have in them. Uh, it's different for different places, but a three-month buffer is generally regarded as wise. And, and I'm a trustee for Lighthouse, and it's certainly something that they like to keep. We've got no months. If something went wrong, people lost their jobs and were unable to contribute, um, we would freefall. I don't know. Uh, God has been faithful for... Uh, 14 years, so th that hasn't happened, uh, but it, we are um, sailing very close to the wind and possibly being slightly irresponsible, I don't know. And so I've had sleepless nights over the last uh, uh, few months wondering what to cut and how to deal with this because obviously I don't want this church to uh, fold, I don't want it to make decisions that would make us smaller. You know, you can cut things here and there, and then suddenly uh, it, people, it's less fun and it's less engaging, and suddenly you go, you know, I, I don't really want to go there at all because it's, it's all about money. 
Um, lots of other churches make bigger things about money. And I think our congregation here is perhaps less able to give as much as other churches may expect. So it's uh, a sensitive thing, and, and I've wrestled with what to do. And so uh, our church leaders met uh, last month. We were like, we need to do something drastic. So we had to cut completely our giving to two local charities, and we've scrapped our magazine subscription. Um, and that has kept us so uh, we are now sort of, it's almost breaking even. So every pound that goes in kind of goes out, and there's no leeway, but at least we're not going uh, uh, into debt. Um, that was really sad. Um, we've never had to do that before, to tell a charity that we can't give, but we had to do it um, a couple of times. And so we're kind of surviving week by week, um, which is why uh, I'm saying something uh, perhaps a little bit longer than I would otherwise. Um, there are all sorts of Bible verses that I could uh, throw at you and impress you with, um, but I really like this one, just to, just changes the tone a bit. Uh, so it's not um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, actually, because um, that's the reading that we've just had. Um, it's in Hebrews, I think it's uh, chapter 15 or something. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy. And the idea is you bring in money and the leaders make a good decision. And if you're not bringing in money and if there are not donations, then we start to struggle and um, things will get worse, which no one wants. Everyone wants to come to a, a healthy, thriving, up-and-coming church, don't they? Don't you want the church to be something that you find helpful rather than for talks like this to happen every month, as I tell you, uh, we're getting further and further into the red. So, I, I'm simply asking that all of us check our hearts. And that's all Paul said. Um, I've given you a plain detailing of where our church is at what we spend it on, where it was going, if you were to give, where you could expect your money to go. Um, it seems that giving, it's not because someone asks, but because it's an expression of thankfulness, because it's an expression of trust in God, um, and it means that the church can bless other people, and then people can thank God for that. And so the uh, question simply is, have we done that? Have we checked our heart? Have we asked the Holy Spirit about giving? Each of us, I think, has some measure of income. I'm not sure anyone has no income at all. Perhaps you're living off the dividends of your wisely invested shares uh, from some sort of yesteryear. Uh, but everyone has income of some sort, whether it's sort of benefits, whether it's wages, or pension, or something else. And scripture says that a portion of that should be put into the care of the local fellowship, and then that is used to bless other people. I don't think I'm putting words in the Apostle Paul's mouth, or breaking with church addition, or uh, saying anything radical. It, it, this is a pattern of church life for 2,000 years. Um, I was speaking to someone recently about our church money, confidentially. Um, and I just said, you know, we just suck it up. 
we'll just give less to charities. You know, we just accept it. Perhaps stop giving to the um, stop giving to the orphans and various other things. And and you know what? I'll just take my wage. We pay our rent, and we just carry on like that. Um, because I know a lot of you struggle, and you're not. None of you are uh, um, living it up and um, quaffing uh, champagne every night. But they looked at our figures and they said, there are seven direct debits for a church of an average attendance of 25-odd people, um, and there is a disparity that is not uh, reflected in other churches, and we have a, a, a low giving amount in that respect. Our overheads and everything are really low. We, we operate on a very shoestring budget. Um, but even that now is, is being tested. So it's reasonable to expect more than seven direct debits for the uh, uh, fellowship this size. I know we get a little bit of cash in the back, uh, but it's very hard to plan if that is sporadic. And it is. You know, some weeks... Uh, Brian and I will find lots in there and some we find nothing. Um, and so it, it, it's, it, it's something to consider. It's the giving away to good causes is um, being supported by too few people. Um, you can give by putting in that wooden box. We've uh, got a lock in it because we've had money nicked from it before. So we're trying to be wise uh, in that in that thing, you can give by standing order and direct debit. I don't know the difference between the two. I don't know what I've got set up, um, but it's one of them. Um, if you give us money that comes from a taxable source, like wages, we can get the cash back from the government, which is kind of nice. And, and it's, uh, it's actually a little bit of a party time when the uh, gift aid comes back. And uh, um, our treasurer sort of sent a note, so beginning of June is the next gift aid rebate and uh, suddenly the church accounts look a bit healthy. We have still got an outstanding debt that we have been unable to pay and that can only be when the next gift aid rebate comes. Um, so I'm aware that many of us struggle with money and we can change our spending. We can reduce or stop our generosity but that doesn't seem very biblical to me, just to suck it up when perhaps the challenge needs to be said that there are people in our congregation that don't financially give as they could. Um, I think God encourages to be generous, and we're trying to be that as a church. Um, and we try and do it through centralised here. We try and sort of give out to these other charities so that they'll praise God for our donations. I think if we don't give, we are not trusting God in our income. If we don't give, we're saying, you know what, God, um, I don't trust you to provide when things get rough, and so I'm just going to look after all my money and not give any away. And I think if you give only very slight amounts, then that is um, not so good. I think it, it should make a significant impact in your income. Um, I've done it since um, I used to get 10p pocket money. My dad gave me 10p and I would give a penny um, little church collection bags that come round. So goodness knows how long that was ago. But So it's never not been taught to me and I've never not tithed. And uh, 
Um, so some of you have not been brought up like that, and so it's a challenge. Well, okay, you need to sort of work towards something like that. Um, and um, I think it's a, a, a good thing for the church to be able to get this income that it can bless others with. Um, and I think perhaps you're only harvesting a little as well. If you are not giving um, a good proportion of your income, then I think God says, well, the, the blessing that you could have is perhaps somehow curtailed through it. The passage we looked in Corinthians was, if you're generous, you can expect generosity from God. If you are stingy, you can expect a stingy response to God from God um, in that. I'm really thankful for all the giving that has gone so far. We've never, we've never been as, what is it, squeaky bum time as we haven't been now. God has been very good to us for many years. And uh, um, I, I believe he, he will too. Um, and so just thank you for all the people that actually, you know, it hurts to give. You know, some, we've had moments in our uh, sort of personal finances in our family where We've gone, well, how are we going to save money this month? You know, we're not going to be able to afford these payments. What can we get back? And every now and again, your eyes guiltily looks at that money you give to the church and go, oh, we could just give a little bit less to the church. You know, they won't know. So I don't know how much uh, uh, everyone gives, and I don't know who pays those seven direct debits. Um, though one of them is mine. So I don't know who pays the other six direct debits. Um, and, but we don't, and I think God has been uh, really generous to us. And so this morning, it's an invitation. may not feel like that, but it is an invitation to see and test God. Perhaps he's bigger and kinder and more generous than you imagine. Perhaps you can give here and God will be generous back to you. Perhaps you uh, can enjoy a bumper harvest from God. The Apostle Paul says that is certainly something that you can expect. And as we give together as a community, we praise God. It's a, it's a form of worship. I realize a standing order is very different to lifting your hands up on a Sunday morning, but it seems an expression of thanks and gratitude and exaltation. Um, it's an expression of faith that you go, you know what, um, even though the world outside would go, you give how much to the church? Um, it's an expression of faith and priorities and, and where your values are. Um, and you bless others. Uh, if you give here, you are much less likely to be paying rent and council tax and electric bills and pastors phone bills and um, sort of cupcake parties and everything else, you'll be lightly giving di uh, very directly to uh, sort of charities that are an excellent cause. Um, and we, we've got the details at the back. So that's it. Um, and uh, there's been a lot less smiles this morning than I'm accustomed to, but uh, that's fine. Uh, it's a serious thing, and, and I'd... If we have to make some very hard decisions, I don't want it to be because I haven't said to the rest of you that this is the state we're in. So uh, I'm going to uh, close in prayer.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you promised to be generous. Thank you that you would have us uh, reflect that family likeness in being generous too. Lord God, I just pray that everyone that is part of this church, they would ask you about their giving. That, Lord God, all of us would give money in accordance with our income and give money in accordance with your purposes and plans. Lord God, I pray um, that none of us would get into debt because of it, but that we would enjoy um, your direction uh, and your blessing. And, uh, Lord God, I pray as a church we'll be able to bless a lot more people than we currently do, that we would uh, be a source of praise for you because of our generosity. Lord God, I thank you uh, uh, for this truth in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.